OMG, can you believe we've reached episode five already? No, it's insane. Speaking of which, we should probably start the podcast. Yeah, Hello and welcome to Romance Isn't Dead, episode five, A Slave to Sensation. Or have you seen my panther? I'm Sally. And I'm Ray. Well, I hope that this week has been good to you. This last fortnight, I was introduced to a brand new author in the form of Manolini Singh and her Psy Changeling series. I think it was the first one, Slave to Sensation. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking all about that and how we feel about it and the paranormal genre. Would you say it's actually paranormal? I would say it's paranormal. I, I think that you were uh, we were chatting earlier and you said that, um, what were you saying that Amazon has this book listed as? Um, I think it's sci-fi and fantasy. Okay. So, That's where I found it. <laughs> okay, so sci-fi because it's futuristic, because it's set a hundred years or so in the future, and then fantasy, because it's fantasy, right? It's it's fantasy, but I would probably put it there as well. Although you could maybe make the argument for something else rather than maybe supernatural, because the characters don't use magic. Right, so if you think of supernatural in sort of a narrow sense, then I could get on board with saying that it's not supernatural because these abilities are just innate abilities. Does that make sense? So that would make it more... I don't think I've read far enough, (laughs) not in this book, but in the series, to discover that there is no magic yet. Yeah, okay. Well... (laughs) I guess definitions of magic and whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for a wizard to appear. (laughs) Yeah, but there's not, I don't, I've read the vast majority of, of this series and I don't, I don't, nothing springs immediately to mind that makes me think this is, yeah. Now we kind of get into in later books, we kind of get into some stuff. I, I really, I would put it in supernatural. Let me let me be clear. I would put it in supernatural, but I can see why Amazon maybe chose those two. Does that make sense? Yep, totally. Okay. okay. Right. Well, this book was your choice, so I know that it's because you you've already said that you really love the series. But why did you pick this one? Um. Well, I thought that it was a, it would be a good change because you know we had just done historical and I thought all right well let's let's fast forward and not just go to contemporary let's go sort of the other end of the spectrum and I thought it, and I always had this book on my choose list at some point but I just thought it would be a good one and um and I think that Nalini Singh is fantastic at world building she really um paints to me a fairly vivid picture of what the world perhaps looks like in a hundred years if this had been the ev- the evolutionary direction that humanity and um, the world had gone so I, I thought yeah let's let's do this <laughs> uh, it's it's a it's a fun pick for a second book for our our uh, our romance series so anyway that's why I chose it I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell the your expression is admiration. So, 
well, you said that it's um, future, it's world building and everything mm -hmm. else. So for anyone who hasn't read it yet or is thinking of picking it up, what would you say it's about? First of all, you, if you've not ever listened to any of our podcasts and this is your first one or whatnot, we are going to spoil the heck out of this book. So this is... <laughs> Not this so is, much we're going to read over the, the yeah, ending. Yeah, this is... This is... This is our... Um, this is our virtual book club. So we are discussing this book, right? <laughs> but... Um, and so there's your spoiler warning. If if you don't want to, then... If you don't want to hear what we think about various and centered things, then you should... Go read the book and then come back and listen. And then you can talk to the podcast and we'll be happy to listen to you. So quick synopsis. The book is set in 2079-ish San Francisco and Slave to Sensation is the story of Sasha and Lucas. The world consists of three races, human, psi, and changeling. Sasha is a cardinal psi with a huge untapped mental power and Lucas is the Alpha of the Dark River Leopard Pack based in the San Francisco area. We're introduced to the Snowdancer Wolves. Hello, Hawk and Riley. It's very yes, nice yeah, to I'm meet them. They're very good. delicious. <laughs> Sasha feels that she is disintegrating mentally and is in fear for her life. Her mother puts her in charge of a business deal with the Dark River Leopards where she meets Lucas. This is their story. It seems there is a psi serial killer on the loose and he's been terrorizing changeling women across the country for years. Sasha is Dark River's way into the ranks of the psi to find this killer and bring him to justice. Along the way, they do exactly that and they are able to also figure out how to get Sasha out of the net and Sasha and Lucas live happily ever after. We think. See, there are the operative words here. Happily ever after. However, this the, is only the first in the series. They are meant yes. in the future yes. book. But you know and, what? Sasha and Lucas are happy, right? I mean, it's not that they don't have challenges in their life, but they are happy. I think yeah. so. You know, they, they have found their true loves. And, and I am a sucker for a true love story, for a faded love story. I'm a total love sucker for it. <laughs> that is my jam. I love that idea. And in and, and almost any incarnation, I'm like, yes. <laughs> so. <Yeah. laughs> it's soulmate. Soulmate. And, and ironically, though, one of my favorite side Changeling books is actually about a couple that's not necessarily mates, which oh. is interesting. It's very interesting, but I, I still love it. I still love it. So exactly, you've mentioned the human, the psi. Obviously, everybody knows what a human is. I was going to say, if, if you don't, um, we're human. <laughs> no <laughs> special, we're, there's nothing we really special about us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think we're special. Um, <laughs> and then there's the psi. So who are they? Okay, well, oh, actually, let me, let me take this, let me say I just said there's nothing really special about us, but in later books, Nalini Singh actually goes to the trouble of talking about what does make us humans important and special in this world. And, you know, humans tend to be the moderators, the mediators, and humans also tend to be the artists. Yeah, I so, did see that. She mentioned how, yeah. oh, the artists and how yeah. they... Um, they are the ones that provide the world with beauty. Yeah. So there is something special about humans. We just don't necessarily maybe realize it. Okay. So the Psy are a race also obviously humanoid. Everyone is humanoid in this. Um, but the Psy are um, 
a race gifted with amazing mental capabilities. The downside for them is that they have to be hooked into the Cynet and receive feedback from other Cy so their minds don't starve. They they have to have amazing amounts of um psychic of, energy. Yeah, psychic energy to feed them. And a hundred years ago, so twenty seven or ten seventy nine ish or nineteen seventy nine cook grief. Nineteen seventy nine ish. I'm 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 heading back to William the Conqueror. Um no. So in um nineteen seventy nine or so, was it seventy seven, seventy anyway, moving on. Late seventies. Um they came up with the idea because the side, because of their mental capabilities, were also prone to madness. And I guess that makes sense in that context. And so they came up with this idea to, to relieve the sigh of being mad. And to do that, they would condition emotion out of their young. Okay, first of all, didn't we learn from the Jedi that that's not the best idea? But that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> you had to get that in there. <laughs> Um, but that said, that said, the, the whole thing about the, like, we can look at this and go, that seems like a really bad idea. Because if you don't have emotion, like, in theory, Spock's a good thing, right? In theory. theory. Yeah. But in practice, if you don't have emotion, then that breeds so sociopaths right and psychopaths if you don't feel yeah. for other beings then and fuck yourself human right but but i'm just saying pure vulcan and even then oh, yeah. you know so the side and when i say and see this is one thing they have these mental capabilities that i would probably from our perspective look supernatural right they can t- some of them are teleporters some of them are um Telekinetics. Telekinetics. And the most dangerous among them can be um, very, very deadly. So, um, like Sasha's mum, right? She's a, she can implant mental, mental viruses. viruses. Yeah, mental viruses. Now, here's the other thing. Um, I mentioned that she's a cardinal psi. So their scale is one to 10. And then if you're off the scale, you are a cardinal and it man that manifests itself physically in your eyes. Your eyes are black with stars, like white, yeah. white specks, which I think would be creepy AF in person. Oh yeah. For I think the record, but they sound really, really pretty on paper. So let's roll with it. And <laughs> so, um, so those are the sigh and, and Sasha is a cardinal sigh but she's undesignated. They don't know what she's a cardinal sigh in. And what we find out is that she is an empath. And um, if you're an empath, of course, that really has no place in a system that has no emotion. But as you that's get... why she's losing yeah, her. Yeah, and that's why she's losing her mind because she can't... She, she's having a really... She's got all this untapped potential that she hasn't been trained to do. And it's just... Wow, it's it's... It's pretty intense. And so then the changelings are humans who can change into animals. So they're very in touch with their animal side. And we meet members of both the leopard pack and the wolf pack. 
and uh, we do meet one leopard who is latent, like he can't change, and uh, that contributes to him being very angry a lot. But we also meet a panther. Do what? We meet a panther too, though, don't we? Yeah, there's a panther, and um, we've also and there's there's some fluidity there about you know what you know what the cats. Yeah, the cats, and so. You know, we also find out that there are other changelings. And as she continues to build the world over the next series, over the next few books in the series, you find out that there are lynxes and you find out that there are snakes and you find out that there are uh, waterborne changelings. And so it's really, it's really interesting to me anyway. Um, And I don't think I'd want to be a snake changeling. No, I don't think I would either, though I'm sure that my nephew, the herpetologist, would love it. Yeah, that's probably true. But, you know, the thing is, like, when they describe him, or a, a snake changeling, it's like, when they are human, they have this sort of otherworldly beauty. Like, they're really beautiful in kind of an otherworldly way. I don't know. I just, not not my jam. <laughs> I'd say I haven't come across those. <laughs> um, but I live in an area of the world where we have more than just a couple of of uh, venomous snakes so yeah i'm not a huge fan of that but anyway um there are winged changelings so people people that change into birds so anyway speaking of which this is completely off topic but i have to tell you i have never seen a bald eagle in person like okay like, and recognized as i was seeing it flying hey that's a bald eagle and we were on our way up to my parents house yesterday for reasons that will go unmentioned on the podcast. And <laughs> my husband slowed down and we looked up in the tree and this, the eagle, there was an eagle. She came out of the tree and she was chasing other birds away. She's got eggs in her nest and she's got this beautiful white tail. And you could see her head and she's like, I see an eagle. <laughs> it's big. <laughs> it's big, you know, but my dad was telling me that they don't have any rabbits left around and, <laughs> you know, well, hungry yeah yeah i mean there, but there are no rabbits and uh yeah all the little vermin and stuff are pretty much gone because mating pair of eagles just they take Eek. care yeah exactly <laughs> exactly but she's i mean she was chasing other birds off like and, and if you're a blue jay are you gonna mess with an eagle no <laughs> peace out <laughs> so anyway sorry but there are winged there are winged um, change things as well, which I thought was super cool. And um, anyway, so those are our races. Yeah, okay. and I did notice the one thing I noticed was, unlike in a lot of TV shows and things, these changelings when they change from their animal form to their human, they're naked. They are. They have to find clothes. So there is no magic in that, right? Except their clothes no. apparently disintegrate when they. And I would think that if I would think oh. that if yeah, it would, they, they would be in like these really awkward t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Their jeans would still be on. How would that work? You know, I don't know. But yeah, when they when they change back, they're naked. So they tend to keep a lot of clothes around, cached. Um, as cats do, they cache things. And so um, they right. keep things around. And, and the other consequence is they're really used to being naked, right? I mean... Zero shyness. Yeah, but because I mean, as a kid, you know, you run around and you're change i guess back and forth and whatnot and they don't mm-hmm. you know they, they just don't I, have a horror, I have a horror story of that and 
my mum has a photo of me running around our garden at the age of about seven, totally starkers, in the what is called summer in the UK, but is really probably about autumn for you. <laughs> probably spring, more rain. Yeah, and cold. It's <laughs> cold here. Sorry. <laughs> and, and, well, what you need to understand, I live in South Carolina. We have four seasons. There's almost summer, summer, not quite summer, and Christmas. That's it. That's that it. sounds quite nice. Yeah. I mean, October has the capability of being 90 degrees. Period. Oh, summer doesn't even have that. Um, oh, my gosh. No, our summer's 104 or something. And we're like, oh, it's 99. That's that's better. It's not 100. It's 99, and the heat index is 107. Shut up. It's hot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, let me tell you. My st- I'm off topic. But my stepson, we have a screened-in porch. It's got two ceiling fans on it. And um, it's a screened-in porch, for heaven's sake. There's a TV out there. Why, would I, why wouldn't I want to go out there? And it was probably 90, 92, 93, somewhere in there. And my stepson's like, oh, Sally, it's kind of hot out there. I don't think you want to go on the porch. And I was like, I was born in South Carolina in the 70s. I went to elementary school with no air conditioning and high school for that matter. It's 90 degrees on the porch with a ceiling fan. So I'm in the shade. I think I'll be all right. Thanks, bud. (laughs) Whereas over here, it gets to... 85 and everyone's going it's a heat wave it's a heat wave i'd be like wait what i need a sweater (laughs) (laughs) i need a sweater people (laughs) you see that's the thing i live on the south coast in the uk so we have the sea Mm -hmm. and we have sea breezes which are very very cold and we have sunshine today it's blue skies but it's cold (laughs) but Mm. it's February. Yeah, I guess. All right, let's move back. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to the book. Okay, so what else did you want to talk about? Uh, what did you think about the book? You said you've talked about all the characters and everything else. I mean, I this was the first book mm-hmm. by Nalini that I've actually read. And okay. it was because you recommended it. And now my Kindle, which I got last week, has got three of them on there. <laughs> I blame you. I'm so glad I got Amazon vouchers as a gift because my Amazon account is going to be very empty. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll be honest with you. That's your intention. I'll, wasn't I'll hold the blame. <laughs> I'll hold the blame. Bring it. I'm fine with that. Um, I would also just say that that speaks a lot to it, right? Like you read the first one. You're like, Oh, where's the second? And I, I read the first one and I did the same thing. I went looking for the next stuff in the series. And so I think it's, it's a little like candy. Um, it, it's, it's really clear that, that the races in this book are sort of a stand in for actual race. Right. But it's not so in your face that you have to, you have to think about it in terms of our very depressing world. And, and you have to be politically aware, which is what I try and switch off when I'm reading a book. Right. And so um, 
it can still be enjoyable even if you're not thinking of it in those terms and what's nice too is that it's very clear that sort of anything goes right humans with humans and changeling with psi and and humans with psi and and changelings with humans and so and you get into those mixed couples a lot in the later books the first couple books are just the first couple of books are just psi and changeling right yeah Sasha and, and so but what you don't realize is that like in the um in this first now? do what are you spoiling now no no no, no, no. there's there's a not really there's a um I'm just going to tell you that there's a human who's made it to a dark river leopard actually in the first book but if you blink you'll miss it I missed it right I mean and you don't you don't have to pick it up you know what I mean but it's it's in there and um, and there's like a little short story that has that in there. So, oh, so it's one of the novellas. Yeah, it's one of the novellas. And so if you get a chance to pick up the novellas, you know, maybe as a combined volume, I would tell you to do that. But um, rather than spending two ninety nine each for a, a book that you'll read in 15 minutes or, well, 30 maybe. But, um, you know, that kind of thing. I, I, so I just, I'm just saying that I'm not, I'm not trying to spoil things, but what you find in, in the Lenny saying is that kind of anything goes and that's for the race. Like you can, they, yeah, they can interbreed. Right they can interbreed. Yeah. I'm reading Brenna and Judd right now. Oh yes. For the third book. He's scary. He is. He's very intense, but he's I think that not that... a cardinal. So that tells you just how powerful you have to be to be high on the scale, right, without crossing over to Cardinal. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that I found with the first one was I loved Lucas. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to find out more about him and his pack. Right. Sasha was, for me, not quite as intriguing. I was, I felt really sorry for her. Do you think it's because the story is toward largely from her point of view, so all your questions about her are already answered? Yeah, I think that might have something to do with it. I think because it was so introspective, mm-hmm. saw so much from her view and her feelings of the killer and how the killer felt. We're not going to go into who that was because you really should read it, um, but... That, and that actually, I have to say, came as a huge surprise to me. Did it? In some ways. In other ways, it's sort of like maybe that person, no, it won't be. They won't do that. Right. And when it when it finally came to the big reveal, it was like, oh, I missed that sign. And I thought, what was I doing when I missed that sign? It was actually quite obvious, but it wasn't, if that makes sense. So when it came to... Sasha's story I already knew so much about her I was more intrigued by Lucas and I think even in the further books we're still finding out little things about him as they're revealing more about the other characters who are central to the second third and whatever books so I'm only halfway through the third I have to say again it's the world building thing right she yeah. just does a really good job of building these really rich worlds and as you get into it you'll find that Yes, she's spending a lot of time with the Dark River Leopards, and then she spends a lot of time with the Snowdancer Wolves. But we also get introduced in later books to, um, to uh, you know, Black Edge, I think it's Black Edge Bears, that are 
you know, in Russia kind of thing. And, oh, right. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's interesting, too, because she pulls from a very international thing. So the world in her books is actually much smaller. And, you know, it might be a consequence of, hey, you can take an over, you can take a, an hour long flight and get to Venice. Right. So you get introduced to a lot of different things. And, and I, I just I think her world building is fantastic. And she continues world building throughout the side changeling novels, but I also like her other series, the um, the Guild Hunter series, and she does a great job world building there as well. So uh, she's, I feel like I should mention, she's not an American author, and so she's not writing from sort of this Americentric point of view, which is a nice touch. Yeah, um, I, think, I think that um, the one thing that she's done that is, I, I knew that she wasn't an American. Mm-hmm. Because at the front of every single book, it states, it gives you a bit of information about her. Mm-hmm. And I did a bit of research because that's just the way I am anyway. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I found is her writing of American Americanized characters is far more convincing than a lot of authors who aren't American that do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name any specific names though I'm sure Sally knows who I mean um but there are some that have this very very strange view of how America works I've been there a few times but I've never claimed to be an expert that's why I have friends who I can ask (laughs) (laughs) what you mean friends that live there yeah exactly so friends who've got experience and like when I needed information on Iowa who did I go to I went to T because she knew all about it but at the same time it's like somebody going and writing about England and not having a clue. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we're not all we're not all tea drinkers. She says drinking her tea. We're not all tea drinkers who have um, scones with cream and jam every afternoon. We don't all live in mansions, and we don't all speak like me either. <laughs> but you know, it's, you know, I think though. To be fair, there's a certain shorthand that authors use to try and place you in a story. So with the British, it's the tea and the scones thing, right? And so um, I remember being at Disneyland Paris many, many years ago, like 20 plus. And my cousin and I wrote, it's a small world. And it's a really odd sort of surreal experience to write. It's a small world and hear it in French, but that's neither here nor there. And it, it got to the America one. And it was Minnie Mouse in a hoop skirt and um, Mickey Mouse dressed up in Western gear, sans six shooters. <laughs> and by Western gear, I mean like chaps and the vest. <laughs> and so it was kind of like the the shorthand for America was the Western cowboy, cowboy and the Southern Belle. When in actuality, very few Southern women ever were the Southern Belle. So, you know, it's a shorthand kind of thing. And I think that's, uh, it's it's useful, I think, for some authors. But if you're really digging into into what Americans look like, act like, do, um, yeah, you're going to have to, you're going to have to have an American or someone who has a lot of a, a lot of American sort of, uh, influence in order to to make that work but convincingly have american friends yeah well i mean that's if- my biggest recommendation is when you're writing about something anything you don't know about speak with people one of the things i love about jilly cooper and i know that her books are quite 
derided by a large majority of the population. Oh, another Jilly Cooper's come out. It's just going to be sexy horses. She does her research. Mm-hmm. If you read her books, the first two pages of almost every single book are thank yous to the people she's spoken to to get information about the world she's writing about. Mm-hmm. And that seriously is my recommendation for any writer. As a writer, my recommendation is if you've got a question, you don't know the answer, don't just look it up on the internet. Wikipedia is not the best resource. Speak with people, ask people, go on forums and say, hi, does anybody know about this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's always going to be the best source. And that's what I think a lot of writers miss. And I think that Nalini Singh obviously did masses of research into getting the right, the, the pattern of, the, of speech right, the culture, Mm-hmm. and everything else, even though she was creating her own world, and it's made it a, such a good world to mm-hmm. read about. Right. Well, the other thing, and I think if you, if, you, if you do decide to read, like, the Guild Hunter series, I think that you would find a similar kind of thing, that you would really, you would feel like she'd built a really good world. And I, it's, it's even for that reason alone, I would tell you that you should probably pick this book up. But, okay, so is there anything else we wanted to say about this book in particular? I will say in in advance that my favorite book of the Side Changeling series, hands down, is book 12, Heart of Obsidian. And um, I think that's a book you have to, and I'm going to use a phraseology that might be a little difficult. I think you have to earn it. Uh, to love it like I do just because I think you have to be invested in the characters and really kind of like dig into the world and then you will adore the book (laughs) because (laughs) uh, but there's so much going on like oh my gosh you finally find out who this major character is in the Psy universe and all this stuff that you don't know about and oh it's amazing i'm 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 looking very very blank right now because i don't think i've read far enough it, to know. it it's 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 this through thread that she picks up and literally you follow this character he's like a very much a secondary character but very important and you follow him through and you finally find out about him in book 12. And it's like, oh my gosh. Now you can spoil yourself if you want to, but I would tell you not to because it is just amazing. See, I'm definitely looking forward to book 10. Which because is, yeah. is um, Sienna and Hawk. Mm-hmm. It's quite funny. He's called Hawk and he's a wolf. Yeah, um, they make, they mentioned that. <laughs> but that's the one I'm really looking forward to because already I'm invested in him as a character Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that that's what I find quite interesting is the fact that I'm already invested in a character who has a big role to play in a future book he's a an alpha he's the alpha of the wolf pack but I'm already invested in him more than I am invested in the character I'm actually reading about yeah yeah yeah. Well, I, I find that um, I, I, I it's it's I love the series. And, I know. And and I'll be honest, there are a few that I didn't love as much as others. And literally, I think we've gotten to book 15. 15. OK, so it's only this most recent book that I've been like, I haven't been able to get through. Like, but that's the first one I've ever read that I haven't been able to get through. 
And, but that's not, you know what? I'm going to buy the next one. I'm going to buy because the next it one. Just, it might just be a blip. It's kind of yeah. like, um, yeah. we can be the next book is my choice. Yeah. Um, and it's actually not the first book in a series, but it is part of a series. And I reached a point in this particular series where I was like, do I read any more? And right. now I can take or leave. And yeah, I absolutely loved the first 11 or 12 books in the series. Wow. And now it's, oh, it's new ones, a new one's come out and I'm not, it's not the first thing I click yeah. buy on it. Okay, so I do want to say also, if you are a fan of Nalini Singer, you think you might like her. As I've mentioned, Guild Hunter series, and that yep. is about an angel, uh, an archangel, really. It starts out with an archangel and a guild hunter, and she builds a fantastic world. And then she's also got a contemporary series called Rock, the Rock Hard series, and it's about a rock band. So, and it's, but it's just contemporary. And in this one, she kind of gives she she gives how do i want to put this cleanly <laughs> the superpower of that world is that they're wealthy so they don't have to worry about money oh it sounds like a book series i read when i was in my teens but but they don't have to worry about money because they're wealthy and so you know, you can concentrate on other things. Like it's just one less thing to worry about. And, and it's, but it's that series, especially the first one in that series. Ray and I were talking about doing a potential heat rating for our books that we review. I would say the rock series is like, a. if we're going to go on a 10 point scale, I'm calling it a 10. I'm calling it a 10. It's just the one that's in my inbox, right? That you've loaned from your Kindle to mine. Yes. I'm definitely going to have to read that now. <laughs> it's a 10. It is a 10 on the heat scale. But, um, it, which is not to say there aren't 10 pluses out there, but this one's a 10. I would say that um, if we're going to use our 10 point scale as opposed to a 5 point scale, I would say that this book, um, Slave to Sensation, is probably an 8. So if, uh, if, if Princess Bride is a 1, then I'd be happy to let my 10 year old read. Disney's a one as well. Um, which one? Disney. All of it. Di- well, yeah, pretty much yeah. Disney. Disney. Yeah. If we're, if we're talking G-rated, slightly PG-rated one, this is more of an eight. <laughs> um, and I would say that, that uh, Rock Addiction is a nine or a ten. You see, so. I'd have given this one a six or seven on okay. the heat scale. Okay. Not saying six or seven as a book scale, but six or seven on the heat scale. Okay. But I don't know that because... Well, you probably don't have a 10 plus. You just have a 10, right? <laughs> probably. See, I have a 10 plus. <laughs> but then I don't have children. And I think that when you have children, you rate things differently. True. True. Because so. I don't think, would I recommend this to my child? I think, would my niece even pick it up? Or oh, would, yeah, I have yeah. read this, would I have read this when I was 10? <laughs> this book is 18 plus, right? This book oh, is yeah, 18, plus. It's 18 plus. Um, I definitely it's an 18 plus uh, so if you're well but the princess you, bride is a 10 10 year old book right 10 year plus eight year plus there's a kiss kind of thing and uh, there's a kiss and a bit of a roll in the hay that's never really a roll in the hay um it's not really it's okay but they don't no they so, don't get naked yeah <laughs> they don't bone <laughs> no they don't bone 
And they bone a lot in this book. Oh, yes. And there's a lot of... um, There's a lot of... Sensual scenes as well with Mm -hmm. the mind connection and Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. else. And she feels... she feels a lot of heat from him. Yeah. And, and, and the rock series, the contemporary series is just, wow. There, there's some, (sighs) maybe we could do that for our erotic episode. I don't know that I'd call it erotica, but it's, Ooh, it's getting close. (laughs) Well, there you go. So that's Sarah, Sarah Sally's recommendations here, the guild hunter series. And if you like your, contemporary romance to be hot 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 off the scale definitely look at the rock well, i don't know i don't know this off the scale and off and, your scale <laughs> yeah no it's just a 10 on my scale i've read off my scale you know what let's just call it a nine let's call it a nine <laughs> that way that, that, that way i've got something i've got a, i've got a 10 but it's but it's at least a nine and if this if that's a nine then this book's a seven well and a half <laughs> A seven and a half. Okay, well, last week on our um, Twitter feed, we did a poll that was all about your favorite romances in Star Wars. Yes. And as Sally predicted quite early on, I think, um, the winner of that particular poll was Kylo Ren and Ray of Jakku. Of is that what is that how she's referred to, Ray of Jakku? She's just Ray. She doesn't have a. Um, she, her parents are dead in the desert. They were nobodies, so she's just Ray. And Ray of Jakku just sort of, yeah. Um, and you look shocked when I say she's nobody. Boy, no, no, I, mean, no. I wasn't. I wasn't looking shocked at that. I was looking shocked at the actual results. Okay. Looking up right now, and Kylo Ren and Ray run one with seventy six percent of votes. Twenty one people voted, so yay on that one. Seventy six percent of the vote went to Kylo Ren and Ray. Um, yeah. I would say a close second, but it wasn't really close. With Han and Leia with ten percent, mm-hmm. then Other went to nine nine percent voted for Other, and I think that. One of those other was the relationship we briefly touched on last week. Genera. That's Genera. it. And then just 5% voted for Anakin and Padme. So those poor star-crossed lovers who were destined never to be together only got 5%. So maybe they feel about star-crossed lovers as we do. <laughs> you know, I had someone I had someone tell me, yeah, I don't like star-crossed lovers trope either. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. So, it's my least favorite trope. I was like, see? See? (laughs) Well, this week, we've got a poll on the the Twitter feed. And I keep on calling it a blog, but it's not. It's on the Twitter feed. um, That is all about your favorite supernatural type of romance. And at the moment, it's um, 50-50 with shapeshifters and vampires. Mm. But there are still eight hours left. So go ahead and vote, share it, like it. It's on ISN Romance on Twitter. Okay. And uh, of course we have got Goodreads. So yes. Romance Not Dead. Search for us on there. Join the group. Have a chat in the forums and let us know what you think about the latest book that we've just finished. 
Mm-hmm. And wow, I'm just going through all the things we do. And we also have a blog. We have a summary of last week's podcast on there. And um, this week we looked at supernatural romances. So, of course, um, there's a nice long post all about Buffy and Angel. Mm-hmm. But thoughts, were they your favorites? Did you read fanfic and long for Willow and Spike to be together like I did? Um, or, or were you a fan of Spuffy? Which sounds so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, there is next week's book, well, next month's book now. So in a fortnight, we will be discussing the seventh book, I think. In the Dark Hunter series by Sherilyn Kenyon, that <gasps> is Night Play, which Ooh. is the, yeah, we've got oh. another we've got another changeling. Well, they're not called changelings. Sorta. He's a were hunter, um, and this so, is magical though, right? Yeah, this, this is, is not. This is the realm of um, mythology, almost myth and magic. Because, yeah, because we have Artemis and Apollo, and um, the tales of art of um, Atlantis, mm. and this story she was of... really hitting her stride with with this. Oh with yeah, this series at this point because the first one in that series, I remember reading it and being kind of like meh, and then Valerius. But I went ahead and picked it up anyway, and then by the time we get to seven, I was just enamored. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> she so was is... she was hitting her stride. With yeah, I, I agree. I loved this one, and I loved Valerius as well. Valerius' story. But I'm going to have to go back and reread Valerius' story. Yeah. This is Night Play by Sherilyn Kenyon. Okay. So definitely go ahead and get that one if you haven't got it already. I know that I've got it sitting on my bookcase ready to open probably mm. tomorrow. Yep, 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 yep. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Perfect. Um, okay. So we're definitely going to do that. So next book, Sherilyn Kenyon, Night Play. And then next week, our topic is going to be one of our trope episodes where we talk about the self-rescuing princess versus the damsel in distress, right? Oh, yeah. Um, Maybe that should be our Twitter poll. Which do you prefer, the self-rescuing princess or the damsel in distress? Um, Anyway, and, and we would love to hear who your favorites of these are, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, that that poll will be posted on Thursday. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right. Well, then let's call it a day for today. And um, thank you all for listening to us. And we would love to hear from you. And uh, tell us what you think. Let us know. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Ray, how would you like to sign out? Keep on searching for your happily ever after. Wonderful. And I would just remind you that romance isn't dead. It's alive and well on our bookshelves. Bye. Bye.